Open up your Bibles. ¿Qué pasó? Wow. Are you proud of yourself? Open up your Bibles. Luke chapter 19. Beginning verse 1, we're going to read a story. Meet a man named Zacchaeus. Luke 19, verse 1, it says, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree, fig tree, beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name, Zacchaeus. He said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He had gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner. They grumbled and Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor. Lord, and if I've cheated people of their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, salvation has come to his home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. This morning, I want to speak a word over your life called vision-led. Vision-led. Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit to Zacchaeus' house. The Bible says that, that he looked up and he saw Zacchaeus and he called him by name. How did Jesus know where that man was? There are many people that were watching him as he was walking down, but so that's why Zacchaeus climbed the, the, the tree. But Jesus looked up and he saw Zacchaeus in the, in the tree. And immediately he said, Zacchaeus, the Holy Spirit gave him a word of knowledge. And then he had direction. I must come to your house. And Zacchaeus was overcome with excitement and joy. That when he welcomed Jesus in his house, he began to confess and began to get his life in order. He began to say, if I've robbed anybody, I'm going to repay back in, in full and, and much more. And I'm going to give half my wealth to the poor. In other words, Zacchaeus knew the God that he was serving, which was money. And now he had met a true Savior in Jesus. And he began to act accordingly. He knew that in the presence of Jesus, that lust and that desire for that other God was not even there anymore. Jesus said, today salvation has come to your house. It was all led by the Spirit of God. Jesus, the Savior, was led by the Spirit of God to go to Zacchaeus' house. Jesus was always vision-led. Always vision-led. 
The Bible says the things, Jesus said, the things that I do, I see the Father do. So he didn't do things on his own account. He was being led by the Holy Ghost. He had a vision in his heart to say, to do, and as he said, and as he did, and as he went, he saw the glory of God. If Jesus was vision-led, how much more should we be vision-led? And the results that Jesus had was salvation, healing, deliverance. But it was vision that caused it. Because if Jesus never went, if Jesus never said, if Jesus never entered into the home, salvation, deliverance, healing would never have taken place in Zacchaeus' life. It's funny because we might look at Zacchaeus as, oh, he's a tax collector. In other words, he's someone that oppresses others. We might look at Zacchaeus, he's not worthy of salvation. But God loves Zacchaeus so much that he sent his only son. And he called him by name. Matter of fact, if we were to examine our own life, none of us, we would say that we were worthy of salvation. But God loved us so much that he sent Jesus to come inside our hearts. And he called every one of you by name. How many thank God for your salvation? Amen. Jesus loves you. Tell your neighbor, Jesus loves you. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 29. Hallelujah. I love you guys. You all are an amazing church. You all bless me. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. In the New King James Version, it says, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraints, but happy is he who keeps the law. In the New Living Translation, it says, when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. But whoever obeys the law is joyful. The New King James, I'm sorry, the King James Version, it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. So here you have three different words. You have revelation, divine guidance, vision. What they're speaking about is vision. Divine revelation or divine guidance is vision. There was a time the world entered in. Jesus had died. He, had, he was raised from the dead. The gospel was being preached with power and signs and wonders, and it began to spread around the world like a fire. But as the years went by, man began to put structure and control to it. They began to create religion and traditions. They began to worship God, not because they knew God, they began to worship God by doing their, their ceremonies. And the priests, the ministers, those that are supposed to be speaking the word of the Lord, not just of what God has done in the past, but what God is doing today. They stopped speaking the word of the Lord and they began to be constrained to the ceremonies and the structures that were placed upon them, not by the word, but by the organization of the church. And there was no word being preached. 
You couldn't hear or read the, the Bible that wasn't even written down so you could read it in your own language. They constrained the, the preaching of the gospel to, to Latin where very few people knew Latin. So you would go to a church and hear an entire service and see all the pompous ceremonies and all the, all the, the, the royalty that they would, they would show forth their, their worship but you would not have any God. There was no understanding. You, would, you weren't able to hear a preacher talking about the love of Jesus Christ. You would sit there and they would, they would show a symbol of the cross, but you wouldn't know what the cross was for. And the people's minds and their eyes worked. They couldn't see a living God because they lived in the flesh and there was nothing that was given to them to break them out of the flesh and let them know that there is life for them in the spirit. And that age, that time, those years, those hundreds of years, that's called the dark ages. Why? Because there was no light. The light of the gospel. The gospel was not preached. And it wasn't until there was a man named Martin Luther that began to challenge that. And one day he began to put all his arguments on, on the doorpost of the church. And because he began to tell people that we're not, it's not by works that we are saved, but it's by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that we are saved. And began to preach the gospel and preach the truth, not in a language that people didn't understand, but by the word that they understood. They began to transcribe the Latin Bibles and the Hebrew Bibles and the Greek Bibles into a language that everyone could read. They faced great persecution, great obstacles. They, they went through so many hurts and pain just to bring us this reformation that we have today where we have the freedom to come into the, the house of God and hear a preacher like Kevin Ortiz preach the word of God in a way that we can understand. Being led by the Holy Spirit, not by the structure of a man. We were in the dark ages because there was no vision, there was no light. But now, thank God that we have salvation through Jesus Christ. Thank God that, that he has let his word go forth with power. That now we are operating in the light we now can see. We were once blind, but now we can see. This was all vision. All vision. And every one of us need to be vision-led. Where there's no vision, you will have religion. Let me say that again. Where there is no vision, you will have religion. In other words, unless there is, and I'm not just talking about a vision like I want to do. I'm, I'm talking about I saw God. He wants to do a work in this land. God is leading me to be a part of that work. I have a vision in my heart, not because of a desire from a man. I have a vision in my heart because God has written on the tablets of my heart his will. God is the one that's pushed me. I had an encounter with the Holy Ghost. Some people say, I got saved because I said a prayer. But if you didn't have an encounter with the Holy Ghost, you went through religion, but you didn't have relationship. Because when you give your life to Jesus Christ because of relationship, you will not be the same. God, the word of God says he will take out the stony heart and put it in a heart of flesh. The Bible says he will put a new spirit inside of you. That you will become new again. You'll become born again. A new creation. Amen. This is because of vision. I'm not talking about man's vision. Oh, I got a vision for my business. We're going to have this kind of vision. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. That's wonderful. That's good for your business. But I'm talking about a heavenly vision. 
Do you have a heavenly vision for your family? Do you have a vi heavenly vision for your life? Have you heard from God? I'm not talking about something you made up, that you actually spent time with God and he began to show you things that you never even thought or dreamed about. Because any plan that you have, you can't make your plans and ask God to bless them. Hello? You can't tell God, God, I'm going to go this way and I'm asking you to bless me going this way when God has told you to go the other way. As a believer, your number one responsibility is to be led by the Holy Ghost. That's the number one responsibility. Everyone that's living a dead, dried Christian life, in other words, you got your religion, you got your tradition, you, you, you played the part, they see you at church, you smile, you clap, you laugh, but there's no fruit in your life, there's no power in your life, you're, you're, you know, you're, you fit in with everybody, whether you're with the sinners or with, the, with the, the saints, it doesn't matter, you just fit in everywhere. It's because of your dead religion. But when you got vision from heaven, the world will look at you and say, you're crazy. But the saints will see you and say, that's God. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And so my question to you again is, is the Spirit of God leading you or are you leading the Spirit? Because I promise you, if you're trying to lead the Spirit, He's not following. Amen? So our job is not to lead the Spirit. Our job is to follow. But pastor, I have all these desires. I have all this vision of what I want to be. I have all these dreams about what I want to be. I promise you this, whatever dreams, however great you think they are, when you follow the Holy Ghost, where he's, what he's going to do in your life will be far greater than any dream that you have. Far greater. There are many days. Listen, I, I wanted to be a professional baseball player. I, saw, I, would, I would dream about hitting home runs in the World Series and winning the game and having you know, everyone ch cheering. And I, I had those dreams and I chased it. But when I began to follow God, God began to use me in the ministry. And whatever I thought about the greatness about what my life could be playing a game like baseball, it doesn't come close to what God is doing in my life today. There are many times I wake up in the middle of the night crying and my, my, my pillow is, is full of tears because I thank God for what he's doing in my life. I see the lives that have been changed. I've seen the people that have been healed, the, the, the people that have been saved. And all I can say is, thank you, Jesus. I'm telling you, I live the greatest life. I'm so excited. I'm thankful. There ain't nothing this world could give me that Jesus has not given me. Amen. So you got to ask yourself, are you going to let God lead you or are you going to lead God? Are you going to live for yourself or are you going to live for him? Amen. Everybody say vision. Go with me to 1 Samuel chapter 3. 
Because what's, what's happening right now is the world is seeking for help. The world is seeking for answers. There are problems that man does not have the answer to. They tried with all the pharmaceuticals. They tried with all the counseling. They tried with all the money. They tried with all the military strength and they don't have the answers. You know, when your answer is kill them and we'll be okay, that's not an answer. And so there's brokenness, there's, there, there's abuse, there's, there's hurt, and there's no answers. They can't find it here. So then they turn to other gods because the church of Jesus Christ is not standing in power. Because those men and women of God that God has anointed and has appointed for this generation to break the yokes of bondage and set the captives free and bring healing to those that are hurting and sight to the blind are keeping their mouths shut. Maybe that's one of the reasons why the most, a lot of believers don't want to get into the deep intimacies with the Holy Spirit because they're afraid of what he's going to show them. Because once the Holy Ghost shows you something, you got to do something about it. So they stay in the confines, they stay in the, in the, in the, in the safety of a 45-minute service. Don't go around that place. They're speaking in tongues. Oh, that's our time to go. They're praying for people. They're laying hands on the sick. Okay, let's get out of here. Why? Because it's devils that have been controlling that man or that woman don't want to be cast out. And the funny thing is, <clears throat> let, me, let me tell you something. This is the truth. You're going to live for someone. You get to choose. Are you going to live for the devil or are you going to live for God? And you might say, well, I'm, I don't know if I, I'm not going to live for either. That means you're living for the devil because the greatest... That's, that's where he wants to, he wants you to, he wants your life to be wasted so that you will never have the full infilling of the Holy Spirit so that the glory of God can be revealed. Amen. Someone said, come to church, it's going to be nice. Pastor Kevin's so pretty. He's such a happy guy. Hit your neighbor say, this is good. <laughs> First Samuel chapter 3. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. Verse 3. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. In another translation, it says, in New Living Translation, it says, Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. We get to choose whether we go back to those days or not. We get to choose whether we want the word of the Lord to be revealed. Do we want vision? 
Holy Spirit vision to be revealed or be like when Eli was priest because of his wickedness, the word of the Lord was held back. Wherever the word of the Lord is, there will be restoration and healing. There'll be freedom. But wherever the word of the Lord is not revealed, wherever it's not spoken, where there, wherever there's no vision and people carrying that vision, a people perish. They cast off constraints. Have you ever looked at the television or seen something on the internet and said, don't you have any fear of God? They don't. Because those that know their God are not doing the exploits that they're supposed to do because they're living for themselves and not walking in the vision. God doesn't care about your business. He's not, he didn't die on the cross just to bless you. He wants to put his spirit in you and his power upon you to use you. Jesus said this, greater things you will do for, because I go to the Father. He says, wait for the Holy Spirit and you will be endued with power. Amen. Everybody say, Holy Ghost power. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that's available to you and to me. I heard this incredible testimony. There was a young man, or, or it was a preacher, and he, uh, he had a home in South America that would rescue little girls that were se sex trafficked. And there was this one girl, she was about nine years old, and she was rescued and they, they were loving upon her. They were helping her life, but she wouldn't talk. She would just every day look at the wall and just stay there. They couldn't get her to break out of that. And this preacher, he, he, he lived in the United States, but he was, he was supporting and working through that ministry in South America. And he had a vision from God. And in the vision, he went to heaven and he was welcomed, he was celebrated. They were like, well done. God did great works through your life. And they, he said, I was being interviewed like I was on a, on a show. And he began to see all the things that God did through his life. But then he, the angel asked him this question. He says, can you tell me of a miracle that didn't happen? The greatest miracle that didn't happen. And the girl's name, I believe her name was Rocio. And he began to say, Rocio, she was the greatest miracle that didn't happen. Because I know if I would have gone to her and looked at her and said, Rocio, I am your father and I love you very much. And given her a hug, that, that curse that was upon her life would be broken and she would be healed. And then the vision ended. He tells his wife, I got to go back to South America. He gets on a flight, goes back to South America. He tells the staff, he says, listen, I came because uh, Jesus is going to set her free. They had been ministering to her for a long time. They were like, oh, yes, I know that we'll keep on praying for her. He goes, no, 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 no. God gave me a vision. Jesus is going to set her free. And he walked into that room, and there she was, 
facing the wall. And he looked at her and said, Rocio, I am your father. And I love you very much. And he gave her a hug. And she turned and gave him a hug. Her mouth was opened. Her life was set free. And she was restored and healed. Hallelujah. Does that make sense? No. We're not after what the world has. We want what God has for us. And everywhere God is, he's going to heal. He's going to restore. He's going to bring deliverance. He's going to bring freedom. Restoration is going to take place. We don't need religion. We don't need another church service. We don't need that. We don't need religion. We don't need some traditions to establish. No, we need a living Savior that's flowing through the lives of you and, and me. And it's going to happen because you have received heavenly vision. Amen? This is not on how to make your business better. This is we're serving the Lord, not our business. This is about his business. Amen? And God wants to give you vision. He'll bless you. He'll help you. He'll supply for you. He'll use you mightily. Amen? But it's not about trying to make you wealthy. It's about letting him get the glory for what he does through your life. I want to just share my testimony I know you all have heard it many times, but it's my testimony, so I get to say it as many times as I want. Give me some water. As I was pastoring and we had started, the, we had worked on the church and we're growing in the church, but I never preached anywhere else other than Faithless God Church, and I, I began to feel a little self-confident. You know, I began to look at myself like, is there something wrong with me? Because I'd figure, you know, we'd have the anointing and we'd have God healing and setting people free. And, and you figure other churches would want revival in their house and you get an invite to go preach somewhere. But not me. People come, they'd be healed, they'd be blessed, saved. Beautiful what the Lord would do. No invitations. I'm thinking... Wow, what's wrong with me? Because I would see these other people that they would be preaching everywhere. I'm like, these guys don't have an anointing on their life. They're, I mean, they're, they're, they're good, you know, talk. It's a good talk. But there's no glory. Amen? There, there's, let me, people, there's a difference between being anointed and talented. Amen? Thank God for talent, but we're after the anointing. We're after the anointing. Amen. And so one night, I heard the Lord say verbally, I heard it with my ears, go. And I'm thinking, where am I going? I don't got any invitations. He said, go. And so I woke up and I looked at my email and I had an invitation to go to India. And I'm thinking, I'm from San Benito, Texas. To India? And then when I did a little research, where, where am I going? And it was a city called Vishikaputnam. 
and they don't speak English there, they speak Telugu, and it's in the jungles. It was in a village called Tuni, but the big city that you fly into is a city called Vishakapatnam. And I saw that go, and I'm like, I'm not gonna answer that. No, this is not God. But I know I heard the voice go. I had divine revelation. And it wasn't easy, I mean, it wasn't difficult to be, you know, confused because there's only one invitation. <laughs> so for two weeks, I just looked at that email, that email I'm like, right, this ain't right. And uh, finally, I, I messaged them and I, be, I said, I'm coming. And so I began to get all everything ready. I got all my my, my luggage, I had this big old suitcase and you know, I need the food because you know, I'm from San Benito, they don't have tacos in the jungle. And I began to get medicines, you know, I began to think mosquitoes, I began to, I mean, think of Pepto-Bismol, they're gonna have different food over there. I got loaded up with all that stuff. I was like, you know, I was, you know, like Indiana Jones, you know, I had the boots, I had the, the clothes, I was ready for jungle. And when I get there, after, you know, 22 hours or 26 hours of flying, my luggage got lost. And all I had was the clothes on my back and my backpack with my computer. A pair of jeans. I had, a, I had the T-shirt that I wrote, uh, that I arrived in. And then I had a white T-shirt that was under an undershirt, kind of like this one, just like this one. And that's all I had. And the weather over there is hotter than here. And there's no air conditioning. So I meet the pastor, and, and he greets me at the airport, and he has a group of people waiting for me. He says, Pastor Kevin! And, and, he, and then he comes up to me, gives me a hug, and greets me, and I'm like, Pastor! And I give him a hug, and then he kisses me, like full kiss, like right here. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, customs, you know. Understand, I've never been anywhere. I've only been, I'm, I'm from San Benito, right? You know? So he gives me a kiss right here. I'm like, okay, praise God. And then he kisses me on the other cheek. I'm like, all right. And then he tried to kiss me here. I'm like, wait a minute. We don't play that. I get in a van and it's this little van stuffed with people, no air conditioning, no, hot as can be. Nobody speaks English. And they're just going off in their, in their language. And I, I mean, to me, it sounds like and I'm just, I'm just. We drive three hours and we get to this little village called Tuni. And I tell the, the pastor, I said, Pastor, listen, can you please take me to the market? I need to get some clothes. So I went to the market and they didn't have any of my clothes. Apparently, I'm a monster in India. I found like one pair of pants that fit me and one shirt and it was like 6XL because the people there are very tiny because they, they're Hindu people that all they, they don't eat the, the proteins and the meats and, and they're, very, they're very thin and petite. And then I asked, I said, uh, is there a drugstore? I need, I need some deodorant. And they looked at me like, what? I realized a long time ago they don't have deodorant there. They put me in, a, in, a, in the hotel and 
And it, I knew it was a hotel because it said hotel, but there was nothing about that place that was a hotel. And I'm thinking, man, I need to get out of here. I didn't hear from God. I had no vision for this. This was just me wanting to go someplace. I made up that voice. No, it wasn't God. And I tried to leave. Now, India has 1.2 billion people. So they have a huge transportation network. But the entire nation of India, they had an airline strike that my flight was the last flight in. And for the next few days, there was going to be no more flights across the entire nation. I couldn't get out. I couldn't get out. All I had was my little shirt, my pants. And they, they put a bodyguard to sleep in, my, in the bed with me. I'm like, I don't need this. I'm from Texas. There's locks on that door. I don't need a bodyguard. And he didn't speak English. He just, you know, he would look at me and smile, and I would smile, and then go to bed. And I'm thinking, I'm getting out of here. I'm getting out of here. But there's no way out. The next morning, they pick me up, and they take me into the jungle. And the, there was about 60 orphan kids waiting for me. And they embraced me with a love that I've never experienced. It's the closest thing to the love of God these kids had given me. And after I felt that love, I knew it was on. And I looked, there was a tent, and there was 200 pastors and ministers that were under that tent that were ready to hear me teach them about the word of the Lord. And we teach them all day, and I minister to them all day. And that nighttime, 2,000 people will come out, and there will be miracles and signs and wonders, people being saved. And I'm just overwhelmed by seeing the things of God. And every night, I would go back to my, to my hotel, and, and I would take off the shirt, and I would put it in this red bucket, and I'd begin to wash it. And then I would hang it and wrap a towel around me and get into my bed naked and look at the guy at my feet and say goodnight. And every day I said, can we go to the market? I just want to buy some underwear because I had no underwear. So I had to wash them in, with that T-shirt. And, and, and the, the preacher would say, John would say, yes, sir, yes, sir. But they'd go like, you go like this. That's the way Indian people go. He'd say, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. And we would skip it and go right to the, to, the, to the village. And by the third day, I realized I'm not getting any underwear. But every night, this village that had only 30 people that were saved, that were Christian, every night the altars were packed with people giving their life to Jesus. And every night I would just be giving God glory and worship. After the third night, the Lord told me, he said, because you didn't trust my word and you wanted to leave, I'm not going to give you underwear. So at nighttime, when I would take off my underwear and, and that T-shirt, and I would wash it in that bucket, I made it a worship. And I'm telling you, the glory of God was there every day. I've been around the world. I've been to many places. I've seen the glory of God. But it all happens because of vision. I just want to show you a couple of pictures. Go ahead and put the first picture up if you guys are ready. Hallelujah.
That's me with the orphan kids. And uh, see, that picture right there, that's, I they couldn't speak English and I couldn't speak Telugu, but I, I learned that everyone in the world, all the children in the world know how to play, I got your nose. And so that's me, I got somebody's nose, but they were gonna, they're getting ready to take my nose. Put on the next. That's me the first night. They began to cover me with the flowers as they honored me at the beginning of the meeting. I'm thinking like one, two, but then they just kept coming and coming and coming. So that's what I look like. Go to the next one. Every night as we preached the gospel, we ministered and we prayed, but no matter what we did in the service, I could not leave the, the, the grounds until I prayed for the thousands of people that showed up. So if you see I'm drenched with sweat, just praying, laying hands on every single person because they wanted the blessings of heaven so badly. Next. That's one woman testifying how she had this messed up arm, this messed up wrist, and the Lord healed her. Next. That's me in my white shirt. <laughs> so on, on the Sunday... You know, we finished the crusade, and the Sunday comes, and, and the pastor says, uh, yes, we're going to preach at two churches. And I already ran out of all clothes. I had nothing else, you know, so all I had was my white shirt that was clean and, and my, my underwear because it was clean with it, right? And it's hot. And what happens when you're wearing, you know, a cotton shirt and you start sweating? It start, you, you start having like a see-through con contest. <laughs> so if you see, I'm like this, trying not to have that effect. <laughs> Too much information. <laughs> and so I went from one church to another church, and, and then after the second, he said, no, another church. We got another church. And so he drove me to a, a village, and there would be another church waiting. And I'm talking about just a little hut filled with people sitting on the grass floor, just lined up, waiting. And went to the third one. Went to, and then after the third one, he said, one more, Pastor. I said, oh, there's another church? Okay, let's do this. And so we went to the fourth church, and then he said, we got another church. I'm like, wait, you told me four. <laughs> After the sixth church, I said, okay, let's do this. We did seven churches. All of them were like that. And then I, at the end of it, I'm like, okay, where are we going next? He's like, no, no more. I said, no, no, there has to be another one. <laughs> but that's all I did. Went from one church, little, little hut. Let me tell you one thing that happened while I was there. It wasn't in this one, but... I asked, the pastor came up to me and he said, he said, we need a new building because there's no more space to hold the people. The place was so packed and when you go there, you see all the sandals on the outside and it's just like sand floor. And you saw, you'll see hundreds of sandals and you, you get in there and, and they're all waiting there and they're so excited to see you and I'm excited to see them and preach the gospel, pray and minister, it's beautiful. And the pastor said, we have so many people, we have no space. And he, he asked, you know, would you pray for us so that we could get a, a new building? So I, I told the pastor, I said, pastor, do you have a picture of the church? Do you have a picture of the church? And he looked at me and said, yes. So he ran and he took off a picture off the wall. And it was him standing with all the people. 
I was thinking that he was going to have like a, a building. But he showed me a picture full of the people. And I looked at him and said, yeah, that's a church. Next picture. That's what they look like. Last one. I would walk into the village, go into, into the church, and this group of kids, they met me, and they're throwing flowers on me. I don't know why. That was my very first mission. Amen. How many of you want God to use you and send you to places that you've never been to before? I have a word for you. I want to tell you it's like this everywhere in the world. Don't think that people don't want Jesus. They want Jesus more than we want to give them Jesus. The only thing is we have to open up our mouth and we have to speak boldly. And as we speak boldly the word of the Lord, you will see that the people that are hurting will come running to the gospel. They'll come running to Jesus. Do you believe that? I, have, I had a vision this morning. I'm not someone that, that has had visions like this because I, I saw it. And this morning I was, when my, when my wife showed up at the church and she looked at me, she said, what's wrong? And I'm just going to tell you what I saw. I saw, it was like I was outside of the church, towards the ground, facing the church. And I saw streams of water flowing out of the church. And it went and crossed over the parking lot into the ground and just kept going, 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 no end. And the Lord says, I'm sending, I'm sending forth streams of healing from this house. And it shall bring healing and restoration and salvation wherever they go. I believe that's you. I believe it's the people of God that gather here that you will hear from heaven and the Lord is going to send you to places that you've never been before. And the glory of God is going to be revealed. Hallelujah. I begin to think about those streams because wherever there's water, things begin to grow again. How many lives have been broken and, and the world has given up on them but Jesus says, they shall live again. And he's going to send forth the water. Things are going to begin to grow again. Marriages are going to be healed. Purpose is going to be revealed. This valley shall be saved. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Stand up on your feet. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up. But could you just lift up your hands and begin to worship God right where you're at? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah.
Come on, just lift up your hands to heaven. Just open up your heart. Let the Holy Spirit come and touch you. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. We glorify your holy name. There's none like you, Lord Jesus. Just begin to worship the Lord. Talk to your Lord. Talk to your Savior. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We glorify you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory, Lord. Father, I pray over your people, Lord, that they will begin to see the things that you desire to do through their life, that they will have heavenly vision, divine revelation, guidance by your spirit. Father, I pray that our eyes will be open to your work, to your life that you have for us. And Father, I pray that we will step in boldly, not fearful, knowing that wherever you send, that you will back us up with your power and your anointing. That we will preach the gospel with power. That those that are lost shall be saved. Those that are hurting shall be healed. And those that are broken shall be restored. Not because of our talents or our abilities, but by your precious word. So Lord, I ask you just to touch your people right now. And begin to give them fresh vision from heaven. Come on, church, lift up your hands to heaven. Begin to cry out to the Lord. Say, Lord, speak to me. Show us your glory, Lord. We glorify your name, Lord Jesus. There's none like you, Lord. There's none like you. Can we worship? Can we sing that song? Jesus, we love you. What is
eyes closed, if you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ, today's the day of salvation. We talk about the wonderful things that the Lord has done for us, but it's available for you too, my friend. You can know without a shadow of doubt that your sins are forgiven, that your name is written in heaven, and that you have been made new with Christ Jesus. Right now, the Spirit of God is speaking to your heart. And if that's you, my friend, and today you want to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, to repent of your sins, and to give your life to the Lord. When I count to three, I want you to lift up your right hand nice and high so that we can pray with you. Maybe you have given your heart to God, but for some reason you've fallen away. And today you want to rededicate your life to Jesus. He loves you so much, and He'll never stop loving you. And if that's you, my friend, and you want to come back to your first love, this prayer is for you as well. When I count to three, lift up your right hand and we'll pray, to, we'll pray together. This is your moment, this is your time. If you want to give your heart to Jesus or rededicate your life to God, on the count of three, lift up your right hand. One, two, three. Lift it up wherever you're at. God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. All over the church. Praise the Lord. Thank you to Jesus. I want to ask everyone to say this prayer with our brothers and our sisters that are coming to the Lord. Repeat out loud with me. Lord Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. Come inside my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. I want to live for you. I thank you for saving my life. Fill me with your glory. Teach me your ways use me i thank you jesus that i'm born again i'm a child of god i am now saved in jesus amen 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 can we give god praise amen <laughs> say this with me use me lord again use me lord I am in a weird place right now. All I desire is to be used by God. But I want to make sure that God is the one that's doing it through my life. In other words, I'm not just working. I'm not just working, making things up. I, I want everything that I do be done with purpose and heavenly purpose. Have a heavenly vision. It's not just something I'm doing just to do. I want to make sure that I'm doing what God wants me to do. There's a lot of great works that we could do, but there's only a few things that God wants you to do. Amen? And so I just hear some people there saying, Lord, use me. Use me. And I want to pray with you today. But there's, there's others that are here that you said in your heart, I got something that's keeping me from being used by God. There's something, whether it's a, a guilt, whether it's some sort of past, something that been, you've been dealing with that you're thinking, man, how can God use someone like me? Or you think that you're disqualified from being used by God. If anyone should think that they would be disqualified, it would probably be Zacchaeus. But the moment Jesus showed up at his house, he became a servant of the Lord to not just bring restoration to those that he had hurt, 
but to live for God. If God could use Paul, his job was to arrest Christians and sentence them to death, to persecution. If God could use Kevin from San Benito, Texas and send him to Vishikaputnam, India, God is just looking for someone that he can use. I want to open up the altar before we leave. I want to pray for those. That if you've been dealing with something that just like there's something that's keeping you back from serving the Lord. Or maybe you're believing God to be used in a greater way. I want to open up this altar. I want to pray with you. And I believe that the Holy Spirit's going to give you heavenly vision in Jesus' name. I believe that God's going to raise you up to be one of those streams that shall flow to the nations in Jesus' name. So as we worship the Lord, let's open up this altar and I want you to come, come make your way out of your chair and come to this altar and let's give it completely to God. Come right now. Hallelujah. Let's sing it again. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Just gather, just gather. Come close, come close, come close.
in Jesus' name. That's the mercy of God, the mercy of God. Church, just lift up your hands and begin to thank the Lord for all that he's done this morning. We thank you, Lord, for all that you've done, Lord. You are so good. You are wonderful. We love you with all our heart. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. We give you the praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You'll begin to speak things. The Lord shall show you things that shall come to pass, but He will be putting in your heart to speak it forth. As you speak it forth, people will see with their eyes the things that you have spoken in the past. It is the Lord that is going to fill your mouth. It's the Lord that's going to release it upon your life. Lead Him. Let Him lead you. Let the Spirit of God, let the Spirit of God fill you. Let the Holy Ghost pour out His Spirit upon you, and you shall have a prophetic word that shall ch touch and change nations. In Jesus' name, we release that anointing right now in the name of Jesus. Use this prophetess. Use this prophetess for your glory, Father God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. There it is. It's yours. It's yours. It's yours. I haven't talked to you about this and I don't know what it is but the Lord says there's something that's very dear that you've been praying for and the Lord said it shall happen it shall happen you've been praying day and night you shall see it happen with your eyes you shall do it quickly Jesus
there, your accounts are full. There's been much deposited in your life. Much of the anointing, much of the word, much of the glory of God that has been deposited in your life. And the Lord says that it shall flow forth. His power, His glory shall flow forth from your life. There is no more separating yourself and waiting, but it's standing and letting God show forth His glory through you. So there shall be withdrawals. The nations shall be withdrawn from the life, your life, the glory of God that's been deposited. There's been words that you need to be, that needs to be spoken from your lips, anointings that need to be released from your hands, prophetic words, words of deliverance, words of healing, words of revelation. I, I hear deliverance, deliverance like you've never seen before. Devils shall run, people shall be set free, addiction shall be broken as you begin to step into what God has prepared for you. So staying on the side, it's over. Staying hidden, it's over. Step out for the glory of God shall manifest greater in your life than ever before. Let your glory fly. Look at me. Look at me. 
you're free. God is good. Amen. He's so good. You will never be the same again. Never be the same again. Woo! Hallelujah. <laughs> Look at the joy that's on his face. Hallelujah. Come on, give God praise. two sons right my brother so there's three girls there there's one a friend your friend okay could you guys just stay where you're at just grab the hand of your, your friends if you can and your, and your sister yeah yeah this is a word for you three look at me the Lord is going to begin to show forth his glory even in your room as you go to bed tonight, if you would just cry, you just speak to the Lord and say, Holy Spirit, I want to know you. He's going to give you dreams. He's going to give you visions. And you have a deeper intimacy with God than you've ever had before. No one will love you like God can love you. No one will ever love you like God loves you. Hallelujah. Come, come, come. Come. you God like God will love you hallelujah father thank you we bless her we call her blessed we call her worthy because of your love for her Lord Jesus complete peace and restoration over her life She'll never be the same again. In Jesus' mighty name. Freedom in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The other two ladies, come. The other two ladies, come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand right here. Father, I ask you to bless them. Lord, let them have deep intimacy with you. Visit them, Lord. Lord, touch their life right now. In Jesus' name. That's the touch of heaven.
This is a prophetic word over your life. Fought against me. You're gonna sing it out. Will Salvation flowing, the glory of God is going to, and this, it's just going to be constant. It's a stream, a stream, a stream. And they shall come in broken. They shall come in with whatever they're dealing with. But the glory of God shall flow through this, this, this place like streams that shall flow and it shall bring healing and restoration. How many of y'all see it happening already? How many of y'all already see it happen in Jesus' name? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You don't end this service you just say we'll pick up later amen i bless you i love you amen god is good amen thank you all for coming to church we'll see you on wednesday night amen praise god